to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Bright lights, it's Angela, and I think we can all agree that while a lot of things are good, fire roasted, you are not. Everywhere I go, this is what I hear. I'm burned out. I'm overwhelmed. I'm on this Facebook group for mothers in architecture. It's a recurring theme. People just saying, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm done. I'm part of this fellowship mentoring program with young architects. On Tuesday night, we had a call and it was the same thing. The number one issue, the number one thing that everyone is looking for help to deal with is burnout, is overwhelm. That is why I've put together this really amazing two-hour workshop on Sunday, June 5th. There will be a replay. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you're adding more stress to my life because I can't make it then. Sign up anyway. You'll get the replay. We're going to be hanging out for two hours and unpack this whole burnout thing so that instead of saying, I'm exhausted, you're going to feel calm and centered. Some of the things that we are going to talk about is how we physically embody stress, things you probably don't even notice you're doing that are signs that you need to use some calming techniques. And I'm going to teach you some of those. We're going to talk about ways to declutter your mind and transform your life strategies to regulate your stress response so that you don't come across as a frazzled hot mess. Finally, and this is the real nugget everybody wants to know, how do I integrate work and life? How do I have the boundaries that I need? How do I have the perspective that I need? What can I say no to? I am going to cover all of that. I've been where you are. I am where you are. I know busy. I know what it's like to have a lot going on in your personal life and your work life, but at the same time, want to see your career go somewhere, want to see the work you do have meaning. Please join me. You are really going to get so, so much out of this. Just go to architectingpodcast.com or click the link in the show notes. I'm so excited today to introduce you to our guest, Michael Don Han. He has spent the past two decades in the field of health and wellness, leadership roles in nonprofit communities, organic farming, custom integration, and customer package goods sectors. He's an entrepreneur co-founder and president of Repure, which is a leading supplier of best-in-class wellness technology solutions, and the president of Wild Orchard, a regenerative organic tea brand that is not only interested in producing better 
products for us to consume, but better farming practices. He's got a degree in kinesiology with a minor in nutrition and is really focused on how lifestyle impacts well-being. He's part of the International Well-Building Institute, is an accredited professional and faculty member there, and he's also involved with FitWell as an ambassador. His work and mission really is all about increasing awareness of how the spaces where we live, work, study, and play impact our health. He really has a passion for continuous improvement through people and planet-centric design and technology. Let's welcome him to the show. I can't wait for you to hear how he turned that vision, that passion, that commitment into everything he has done to date. You're going to really be inspired. Welcome to our guest, Michael Ham. Thank you, Angela, for having me. It's uh, always a pleasure to interact with you. Well, it's great to have you. I love your tagline on LinkedIn. You say, regenerating people and planetary health through tea and technology. Explain to us how we got to that tea and technology. Ah, okay. So to explain that, I have to go a bit back to when I was uh, about to enter college. At that age, uh, around 18, I just felt like I wanted to make an impact on people by helping them live as healthy a life as possible. So not only physically, mentally, spiritually, you name it, overall health. And so I decided to uh, major in kinesiology, which is exercise science, to put it simply. And I minored in nutrition. So I felt like I could help people be active, understand the science behind it, the physiological aspects of why we need to be active for prolonged health and longevity, as well as nutrition, which is the inputs, right? What we put into our bodies, what's nutrient dense, what's healthy, what's bad for you. I thought that's how I could make a a dent in the world in my own way. And so I studied that. I got my teaching degree and I started teaching high school. And that's how I started my wellness uh, track. It's been about 20 years. So fast forward, been lucky enough to have a variety of experiences. From teaching, I went into nonprofit. I worked at an organic farm. About 10 years ago, I started to study and understand how much the environment impacts our health. So things like air, water quality, where we spend the most time, 90% of the time we spend indoors. And so I was able to get into the business of healthy home wellness technology, which I'm very heavily involved in right now. And then from nutrition, I'm a tea lover. So I was able to co-found an organic tea company Uh, We can get into it a little more, but it's all tied with wellness and how to live a healthy lifestyle. And so that's kind of where things have come the last 20, 25 years. That is so fascinating. So you you began teaching. What made you move on from teaching? Was it just other opportunities or did you feel that you didn't have enough of conduit to really get the message you wanted to send out? Yeah, I mean, I love my two years of teaching and interacting with students, but I felt that it was limiting in a way because, you know, as a teacher, you can't really make friends with your students. You can, but it's not like 
outside of school, you could do that. So I felt like I could make an impact, but it was limited in some ways. And so when I had a chance uh, to move to New York City, join a nonprofit and have a global impact, travel globally and educate people, that was kind of my reasoning behind that initial career change after a couple of years of teaching. And then from there, I was able to uh, expand my horizon. I really appreciate that you could see an opportunity and not be stuck in where we are, right? Because a, a lot of people get stuck in their comfort zone. They're like, well, you know, this is working out okay for me. Maybe I should yeah. just stay versus taking a big leap because there's uncertainty involved in that. How did you know that this was the right next move for you? Well, my parents immigrated from Korea to Canada when they were in their 30s without speaking the language. So I think I, I gained a lot of courage from seeing them and working so hard in a new country, right? So I grew up in Vancouver, Canada, and I, I also made a cross-country trip into another country. I actually moved to New York a week before 9-11, so it was just oh my a, gosh. Cra it was a crazy time. But I kind of grew up seeing my parents. So I kind of, I guess I was born with that boldness, <laughs> like try new things. I never regretted it one day, even though I'm the only one from my family that moved away. I just experienced so many great things. But after I moved to New York, it opened um, my eyes to the world. I traveled to like 15, 20 countries since then. I was able to see different cultures and me a, a worldly perspective on how different cultures are, how different people are. When I think about how I can make an impact on people, I, it's not just one group of people. It's like everyone I've come across throughout my life, I always think about how, how can I help them lead a healthier life uh, in all aspects. I love that idea that we're not just giving somebody a tool to use in the moment, but something that really helps them transform their life. Right. And that could sound really audacious. <laughs> I don't think it is. I believe we're all here to change the world in whatever way we're called to. But how do you help people feel comfortable embracing that big life versus just doing one thing? So it is audacious, which is why the way that I approach it is I, I, I believe strongly in collaboration with people who've been it, in it longer. So just to give you an example, my base is the U.S. and I, I work with builders and integrators and designers to create healthy, healthy environments as it pertains to air quality, water quality, other elements of our indoor environment. But I also come across through my work, people who are working in Africa, trying to bring electricity, give them new opportunities through actually having light and internet, which they never had before. So I like meeting these types of people and partnering with them to see how can we bring clean water to these villages. It's the 80% of all the diseases in Africa are waterborne. So we want if we provide clean water along with that electricity, we're going to like revolutionize uh, that village in terms of the opportunities and the growth and the education that they're able to access. So for me, it's not about just finding my own opportunities all over the world. It's taking what I know best partnering with other people to synergize our knowledge and experience mm -hmm. and skills and to create a greater impact that way. So I'm fortunate because I have this great base uh, with Healthy Home and the tea company. And from there, I just, I just access so many great opportunities. That's re really my way of kind of expanding myself. Yeah. And, and I love how when you have encountered something, you then sort of 
you don't just volunteer your time, but you look at how can I solve the problems? I love it. You mentioned the water quality. If you could talk about your work with Repure, which is a company that you co-founded. Sure. Sure. So Repure, we are a provider of wellness solutions, primarily for the residential market, but also for commercial. And we make it available through professional installers like custom integrators. We also work with designers and architects to implement wellness technology within their projects. But essentially what we're trying to do is we're trying to, the science and research has already told us the dangers of air pollution and water pollution. So just to give you a few stats so the audience can kind of wrap their heads around that there really is a problem. Uh, WHO just announced last month that 99% of the global population are exposed to harmful air. So that's 99%, right? So it's not 50, it's not 20. It's like most of us, right? In the US, it may be a little less, but the global is 99%. When it comes to water quality, well, actually, before I go to water, let me talk about air for a bit more. So the science and the researchers have uh, concluded that a third of all cardiovascular disease, a third of all strokes, and a third of all Heart attacks are directly attributed to air pollution. It's because the air pollution is getting in, it's inflaming our cells, and it's exacerbating those conditions. So for me, if I'm able to help create better air quality for people uh, in 90% time of the places they spend their most time, then we're going to help people live longer and healthier. So that's kind of one reason why we focus so much on air quality. And then needless to say, after what COVID after COVID, what's happened with air quality. So there are those elements as well. Water quality, just some stats. Uh, Last month, also, research university in Europe concluded from their testing that 80% of the samples they took, blood samples, contained microplastics. The most prevalent sources of these microplastics are bottled and tap water. So people buy bottled water, which is not good for the environment, because they don't trust the tap water. But now the studies are showing that even bottled water, the plastics are leaching into the water. And so there's really no safe harbor when it comes to the water we consume. So what we want to do is we want to make it environmentally friendly, healthy for our bodies by putting in the highest level of purification in people's homes. So you don't have to buy and you can protect the environment. These stats are alarming. Nobody talks about these things, especially the air quality. And I totally get it when you started talking about inflammation, because a lot of my research work is about how the built environment can induce well-being. And a lot of that points back to stress and stress is a leading cause of inflammation. So I understand how that inflammation is the root cause of both physical and mental illness, but it never occurred to me how endemic poor air quality is or that it was having the same effect. Nobody talks about this. It's coming out more and more in the news because there's more and more studies, but yet people, the general population just don't know. So that's why when I was working just with my own business doing these solutions, I felt like, no, more people have to know. So who can I access and tap into that can amplify this message? And that's kind of how Repure formed, where we're business to business. So we can actually amplify this education also while offering solutions because education is the first step. But then when people say, okay, what do I do? We have to be able to offer them uh, cost-effective and 
valid solutions, not like a lot of the stuff out in the market that's like just marketing. Yeah, no, this is great. And I I think it's wonderful that people now can be more of a personal health advocate. How are you taking this out to reach a broader audience? So to reach a broader audience, I aside from my companies and the work I do day to day, I am a faculty member at the International Wellbuilding Institute. I'm also a nutrition initiative member for the Global Wellness Institute. So we have work groups that and colleagues in those areas that we actually go out to do outreach. We talk to architects, we talk to builders, we talk to just like the, the, the people out in the public who want to know more. And that's one of my outlets where I have a have kind of a, a platform from which to educate people uh, on the knowledge and skills that I've gained over the past two decades. I love how you are building these platforms. Like you, you see a problem and you're like, mm, what I'm doing isn't enough. So let me find a way to do more. And in many cases, this has led to being an entrepreneur. Now, a lot of people are afraid of that, right? It, it's easy to work for someone else. You show up, you do what they tell you to do, you collect your paycheck and benefits. So how does someone like you do this intrepid work of, I'm just going to start a company? How, how do you do that? Okay, so yeah, you're right. It's not easy. It's, there's so many challenges. But what I could recommend to some of our audience members listening is that if you have a certain passion, even though you have a job, full-time job right now, you can always do it on the side for now, right? Get involved in these groups that I'm telling you about, whether it's FitWell, the IWBI, Global Wellness Institution, Institute, or even local chapters that where a group of like-minded individuals get together to discuss and how to make a broader impact. Just do it on the side and get to know, uh, talk to people who are in business who are uh, who have built businesses, and you just never know what that can lead to. That's kind of how I started too. I had my full time job, and I would do things on the side and meet people, and then that's where you gain the courage. Okay, I, I I learned a lot hearing what other people are doing, and now I can take that next step. Because otherwise, in the very beginning, it's kind of daunting. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. They start to maybe do some volunteer work, but then they feel overwhelmed and they kind of back away from it because they can't find the time. And then they end up sort of losing sight of their big dream. And I love the fact that you had this passion early on when you started school and that that has really been the through line of your life. And that you've, because of that focus, that clarity, hasn't always looked the same. You've done a lot of very different things, but it's been able to make you receptive to new, bigger, better, expansive opportunities because it was always about how do I help people be healthier? Yeah, I think you're bang on there. So my brother's a doctor. I have a lot of doctor friends. I have a lot of science researcher friends. So when we get together, that's the dominant content of our conversations health and lifestyle. I mean, it sounds kind of boring, maybe. I also enjoy talking sports. I've been a huge sports fan since I was young, but predominantly, it's really about those things. And so for me early on, because I've been surrounded by these types of people, I've always understood that our health lies primarily on just listening to the doctors and scientists, really the state of our blood and the the health of our blood, because 
If our blood is healthy through exercise, you get a lot of circulation. You eat right, which means that your blood is filled with the right nutrients. And when you exercise, it's being kind of circulated through the corners, all corners of your body. So your cells are getting access to all of these nutrients. And then when you, and my work the last 10 years, if you put yourself in an environment where the air is clean, the water is clean, nothing to uh, disrupt your cells or cause inflammation in the body or increase free radicals where your cells will start to break down, then that's the foundation for a good, healthy life. And so because I've known that early on, that's pretty much the basis for all of my work. I really want to focus on that. That's the common tangent across all the work that I'm doing, because even the tea, the tea is an antioxidant. So any free radicals where the cell is kind of breaking down, the tea, the antioxidants actually start repairing those cells. So my, uh, the, 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 the reason why I'm so fortunate in being involved in these two areas is Repure helps reduce the inflammation, whereas if there is any inflammation, the tea comes in and makes it whole again, the cells. So that's why I really enjoy doing both of these things. Yeah. And the tea is delicious. I know you sent me some samples a few months ago and my daughter and I are big tea drinkers and it is really, really good quality tea. And it comes with a little card that explains the health benefits of that particular choice. But I want to go back, you know, because as we're talking about these links, you know, you've been a teacher, you've worked for a nonprofit, you've been an inventor in terms of this air quality and water quality and you're a tea farmer. You know, th- these feel like a lot of different things, but what I've heard you say as you've talked about them keeps coming back to a network. And by being willing to get involved, you meet people. And as you leverage those relationships, you've found additional opportunities. So can you talk a little bit about how you have built your network and how you can work with people and reach out to people in your networks. I think a lot of people are very hesitant to leverage who they know. Right. So one tip that I do have for our audience is LinkedIn is huge, right? When it comes to tea, I'll just give you an example. So for my tea company, our teas are grown regeneratively and organically. So that means that The focus is on the soil, health of the soil. And when the soil is healthier, you get a a more rich microbiome within the soil. It has a greater ability to sequester carbon from the air. So that type of farming using regenerative organic principles is actually sequestering more carbon and reversing climate change. And that's another component why I'm so intrigued and feel honored to be a part of the tea company is because it's not only good for human health because the soil yields richer, nutrient richer teas, but it's actually helping the, the climate crisis or reversing climate change. And so because of that regenerative concept, there's a whole group out there that is focused on regenerative farming. And in LinkedIn, you just have to like tag regenerative and you see all these links. I've met so many people just by reading their posts and saying, wow, this is amazing, reaching out to them. And then if they're nearby, I say, hey, you want to meet up? So you expand your network that way. And it's no different on the other side of the business with Repair. It's the same thing. People who are passionate about helping people breathe cleaner air, drink 
cleaner water, you just like start to interact with them on LinkedIn. And sometimes you meet them, you join groups, you join events. And I think that's kind of how we met too. Yeah. <laughs> I, met, I met Megan and then she introduced me to your clubhouse. And then I listened, I was like, wow, this is fantastic. And so that's kind of how you just expand your network organically. It doesn't cost anything. Yeah. And I think when you are networking with people who are like-minded, they tend to be just as passionate. So when you're around people who don't really understand what you do or don't share your passion, they're going to maybe throw cold water on some of the big ideas and like, I don't know about that. Or are you sure that sounds risky? But when you're around people who are just as passionate, they will cheer you on or they might have already figured out how to move past an obstacle. And because they are equally invested in the issue, they're not competing with you. They want you to succeed. Oh, for sure. So that's the great thing, like you say, about people who have who are aligned similarly in mission. Uh, it's 100% advocacy. You just feel support. It would be strange if someone was thought of you as a competitor, right? So I don't believe I have any competitors. It's really about how do we share knowledge so we can all make a greater impact together. And another piece of advice for the audience is LinkedIn is great, but also just listening to podcasts like yours. Whenever I'm commuting every day, I'm just listening to podcasts to, <laughs> to and fro work, uh, home and work, right? So you just learn so much. And then if you uh, listen to a guest that really like elevates your thinking of, of the topics you're interested in, then you can just reach out through LinkedIn and carry on that uh, relationship there too. Yeah. And it, it really does work. You know, if I'm doing some research and I come across an article, I will reach out to that author. Or like you said, if we are doing something or listening to a podcast or you meet somebody or there's a speaker at an event, a lot of times it can feel intimidating, like you're bothering that person, but usually they are very honored that you think enough of them that you want their input. And it's not a hundred percent yes rate. That's okay. If, if yeah. someone says no, it's okay. You just go and ask the next person. And right. you mentioned the clubhouse and it, it, it's really an interesting story because I had launched the podcast in January of 2021 and I want to say late February, early March, Megan had found the podcast and was listening to it and reached out to me and we had a phone call and found we were equally passionate about well-being in design. She was also on Clubhouse and we're like, we should do a room. And so we did one and it, we called it Exposome versus Genome. And we were talking about all this stuff. And I think two people showed up. It didn't, didn't really uh, get any legs on it, but we didn't give up. We didn't say, oh, nobody showed up. So we're done. We said, no, how can we reach more people? How can we be more strategic about this? So what it has turned into is now this weekly show. And between the two of us, we are just working both of our networks to find our weekly guests. And yeah. it's been a really fascinating process because you were a contact of Megan's, but because you were on our show, then we got to be contacts and 
I was so interested in how we could maybe find some synergy between the Well Building Institute and the American College of Healthcare Architects. So we've talked there and come to know one another through the other work you've done and, you know, tried your teas. And so we end up building a pretty meaningful network where you might not have ever. And it's this amazing domino effect of just being willing to put yourself out there and being willing to try new things. The other thing is knowing when to keep going and knowing when to change course. So do you have thoughts on that? I agree with you. If you believe in something and you believe you have something impactful to say, just you got to keep you got to keep doing it. It's, it takes time. Nothing is going to happen right away. Like even myself, especially in the environmental, uh, indoor environmental quality, it's called IEQ. It, it encompasses air quality. I've been in this in about close to 10 years. And it's just the last couple of years where I've been really been able to find a platform to make a, uh, to have a greater reach in terms of an audience. And I really have more, I can recommend some awesome guests for you in the future because I was just invited to be on a panel on a traveling summit tour called the Science and Design Summit. And Ann Sussman, the head of the the Brain Lab at Johns Hopkins is the speaker there. Don Ruggles, he's a well-known architect, award-winning, he's on there. So these are all people that are talking about things that you and I have been talking about in the past, even on Clubhouse, right? I'm happy to introduce them. Hopefully that'll further bring your, your audience, like increase the numbers. But yeah, you should never give up. You just have to keep going. And at some point, it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. And like, like I said, for me, it's been 10 years. It's only been the last couple of years where things have really started to pick up. I've heard this saying that you can't plant seeds and then keep digging them up to check if they're growing. You have to just water them and wait and know, have faith that they will sprout. Right, exactly. What is the biggest insight you've had in your career that you would love to share with the audience? You know, if you could go back to the person you were at 18, what would you tell him? One of the things, and I'm constantly learning every day still too, is so we have an ideal and we want to help people. We want to help as many people as possible. But in the process of doing that, there's so many just day-to-day things and there's conventional things. You got to keep certain lines and everything. And there's a lot of politics within your navigating through all of this. And that can be a challenge. So what I can say, probably if I... I'm able to talk to my 18-year-old self is don't worry so much about what other people think. (laughs) Because when you grow, when you're at that age, you're always like, how do I look? Am I doing this right? Can I do it? Like, you're always like trying to look at external factors and it's impossible to shut it all out. We're all human. But I'm at an age now, like being 25 years into my career now, I'm at a point where I don't really care what people think. Of course, when we're collaborating on a, collegial level or for with colleagues you have to talk but in terms of looking good or things like that or being a great gaining a higher status those types of things it's not so important at the end it's really about my really making an impact on people and so that's what I would tell my younger self don't worry so much about all that other stuff it's kind of so a good friend of mine Perry Marshall he calls it barnacles barnacles they're not really necessary oh so, I love that oh, yeah focus on the important stuff that's going to stick and make a real impact on people 
That's a great piece of advice because so often we do measure our success through external validation. And when you do that, you are so afraid then of not being approved of that you hold yourself back. Yeah. And one thing I learned is because of those insights over time is as a mentor, like interacting with younger people is to kind of convey those things. So at at early at their young age, they can kind of not repeat some of the things or be a little more uh, seamless in terms of being able to accomplish what they want to at a younger age. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for coming on today and sharing your story with us. It's really inspirational the way that you have been so clear and so passionate and so driven about a single issue. And that has really kind of been like stepping stones to lead you to where you are today. Thank you so much for giving us a little peek behind the curtain of how you did it and what motivated you and how you kept going, even when maybe it felt a little challenging. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. It's always always a pleasure. Can you tell our audience where they can find you as well as learn more about uh, Wild Orchard and Repure? Sure. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So uh, you can search Michael Donham and you'll find me. My T website is wildorchard.com. And my uh, healthy home wellness technology business, Repure, the website is repure.io. If you're ever interested in any of these topics and uh, there's ways to collaborate, please reach out anytime. Or if you are just interested and have some questions, I'm always happy. Like you said, it's always flattering when someone reaches out and asks questions. I really enjoy interacting with anybody. Oh, that's very generous of you. So everyone, if you want to share an insight you got from anything Michael said, share it on LinkedIn and tag him. It, it really, I'm sure, will warm his heart to know what, what impacted you out of what he said. It's always great to just continue to build your network, show appreciation, as well as share your insights, because then the people that are connected with you will get the benefits of those insights as well. Thank you so much again, Michael, for being on here. Thank you for listening. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired.